Everybody, welcome to another episode of Yala. Ba, 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 ba. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Good old trusted humor, man. Good old trusted humor, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting choice of words, Terrence. Yes. Trust. 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 Big theme of uh, everything we're doing, we're talking about today, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the midweek episode. Um, mm. Admittedly, when one of my friends and long-time Yalaba listener floated the the first story up to me last night, I was like, nah, you know what? It'll probably bubble over. I'd like, It's not a big deal. I don't have any expectations. But holy shit, man, today. Mm, yeah, but, yeah, but we will get yeah, to that. It's a, we'll get to that. We will Correct. get to that. But yeah, mm. man. So it's the midweek of the first full Week of 2023, Terrence, how has it been? It's okay. Is there a special <laughs> reason that you need to point out that it's midweek of the first week? No, man. Is it, I mean, is it scientific? I mean, there is scientific backing that, um, yeah, like, you know, arbitrarily putting in your mind all these milestones of the year help you, mm. help you, you know, get motivated to, to make changes and all that, lah. Is there something mm. you're doing right now deliberately or is it just uh, is no. it just is No, it it's just something that we we often do, you know, making conversation because I realized I jumped <laughs> into the topic a bit too fast. That's so okay. I was it's pulling okay. back. You're excited, pulling la. back. You're pulling yeah, out. Yeah, I'm, I am excited. <laughs> I'm fucking excited. You're excited, excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get too excited. 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 But uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not the, I mean, 2023 has been, you know, like the, you know, everyone was hoping for a better start to the year, 2023, right? Mm. After after the last two years, you know? But yeah, uh, yeah a, lot, a lot of the news coming out has been, there have been a lot of uh, dampeners, uh, right? Uh, yeah, it was only 11 January, man. 11 yeah. January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, but before we jump on all that, of course, we do want to encourage people to do something mm. because uh, if you trust us as a podcast, this is something yeah. you should do. And what is that? Um, that is to to just help spread the word of Yalabad by maybe introducing this podcast to someone in your social circle who may not have heard of us, who may have no mm. idea that there are these two dudes trying to make sense of news three times a week with jokes yeah. in between. Yeah. So so yeah, just just share with one person, one person, mm. share them the link right. or or whatever lah, and let them have yeah. a little taste. All right, let cool. Them- let them eat cake. But yes, here we are. The first yes. big topic that you're so excited that you jumped right into it. Yeah. I mean, what it is... is uh, big topic? It is the bug still uh, baking controversy around SPH uh, Media Trust um, mm. and the revelation that figures that uh, for their circulation um, has apparently been inflated by up to 12%. Mm-hmm. Um. And I mean, this news first broke. Uh, you know who broke the news? Yes, I do. Yeah, and who is that, Terence? It's the one and only online publication, Wake Up Singapore. Yeah, they 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 had a title. The article came up, come out on January tenth. Um, mm. That okay, breaking three senior executives to leave SPH Media Trust over alleged discrepancies in circulation figures. So mm. I yeah, I think that is the thing that. 
they kickstarted the whole thing. And today, there's just a barrage of articles by every publication house. Um, everyone with an opinion has posted it online, and now mm. it's our turn, lah. But but it's just so. And and I and I did, like yesterday, my friend did send me a link to I think a mm. Straits Times article, and I was like, yeah, lah. But this kind of thing, SPH, I'm not like it's not surprising what they do. This kind of like the figures, it doesn't make sense. And I also said, um, yeah, I, I don't know whether we would talk about this because it feels like, of course, it's it's messed up. So they just pay the price. Uh. And here mm-hmm. I am eating my words. Eating my yeah. words. So to that person listening, uh, you can you can just smile yourself. Smile to yourself for the rest of today. Because uh, I yeah. humbly, uh, I was too naive, man. Too naive. Uh, yes. Well, well, Harish eats his naive pie. Let's... Mm. Uh, a humble pie, a humble pie. Let's, humble um, pie. I mean, let, let's go into a little bit. Can you go a little bit into the nuts and bolts of what kind of, what kind of uh, inflation was going on? Because I think yeah. it's 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 worth just going through some of these basics because that's all the information that's out there now. There's still yeah. a lot. There's probably still a lot more to be uncovered, but uh, the news is only trickling out bit by bit, lah. Especially from within, from Straits Times itself, lah. Right, yeah. it's, it's it wasn't even a front cover story. It was a uh, on page four of the Straits Times, so they didn't deem it an important enough story to put it on the cover. But for a lot yeah. of people calling it out, I think it seems like a very important story. And what? So what are the key figures or, or statistics to note here? Yeah, so uh, uh, apparently the daily circ- circulation numbers of SPH media titles um, have been inflated or were found to have been inflated by. Between eighty-five thousand and ninety-five thousand, which is about ten to twelve percent mm. of the circulation figures that are reported la, for daily circulation. Yeah. Yeah. Um and apparently and, and this all came about because there was a review on internal processes uh within SPH Media Trust that started in March twenty twenty-two. Mm. Mm. So so there was that review, um, um, and it came to light that the circulation numbers were were fudged and apparently mm. there were also instances where copies were printed, counted for mm. circulation and then destroyed. Yeah. There were also instances of double counting of subscriptions. There was also mm. another fund, a project account that was injected with funding over a period of time to purchase fictitious circulations. Mm. And mm-hmm. last but not least, certain circulation numbers were also arbitrarily de- derived, which basically is just pulling out the ass. La. <laughs> anyhow whack, as Sudhir, anyhow as whack. Sudhir himself said. Yeah, yeah anyhow <laughs> whack. So, so the titles yeah. uh, that w- that, that uh, come into question are The Straits Times, The Business Times, Lian He Tapao, Shin Min Daily News, Berita Harian, and Tamil Murasu. Mm, that's right. So, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, so so th- those are the facts and many different people have, have come out with like internal memos and emails uh, and we'll go through that but just based on mm. that alone, right? Like, w- when did you first hear about this? Uh? Uh, I saw it on Wake Up Singapore. Oh, you I'm saw a, it on Wake I'm Up a, Singapore? I'm a, yeah, I'm a proud follower of the Instagram. So, mm. I follow Wake Up Singapore on Instagram. So, yeah, I, kudos to them for breaking the story first. Lah. And, and uh, you know, it's ho- so-called hot off the press, right? To, to mm. Pardon the pun, but um, the fact that is that actually all this seems to have uh, started when some senior executives left the company a couple of weeks ago. Mm. So it's not like, uh, it's not like it was just like, oh, literally happened yesterday and then wake up some more caught of it. It seemed like it was not being, 
the you know that it wasn't being pushed out by the Straits Times itself. Although Straits Times would have the the most the best inside scoop on everything, like, right? And yeah. it seems like you know it would take an alternative news media site to break the story first before the mainstream media would jump on it, lah. So yeah. that's that's the that's the what it looks like right now to everyone outside of of the circle, lah. Yeah. yeah, but actually, you you raised an interesting point just now. Uh, you know, you and I we work tangentially to the this media industry, like right? SPH Media Corp and all this. Uh, we comment on 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 news and current affairs and also we rely a lot on SPH and and, and uh Media Corp for their news sources and all that, right? Yeah. But uh, your your reaction when you first saw the news was, I mean, um, kind of like basic indifference, like, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why 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 is it that overnight you suddenly felt like this is a story worth talking about? Because okay, so the article that my friend uh shared with me was the one senior SPH staff taken to task or have left company after review finds issue with circulation data. Mm. Um and it was kind of like um more like uh okay, retroactively there were things and then uh the the staff have left and all. So when I mm. saw it my reaction was like, I guess it's a. Uh, it was more like the expectations of of uh, circulation figures and how SPH Media Trust continues to to see seem like the beacon of knowledge in Singapore just blows my mind la. It mm. blows my mind and mm. it almost feels too good to be true. So when I saw this, yeah, la, I mean, I also just looked at it. I was like, okay, but. It feels like things haven't blown up yet. Um, mm. And I didn't uh, understand the extent to which it was, uh, like how, how, how you say, how ingrained the circulation thing was like and what happened around mm. it. You know, there was the internal review, there was the staff leaving, there was a whole thing about SPH Media Trust separating from uh, the SPH holdings and becoming a non-profit. Then as I read more today, I was like, oh, there's a lot of like uh, conspiracy theories all twirling about. And just the reaction, like, the reaction of people. I mm. think that changed my mind. I see. I see yeah, I see. so so I was I was a bit like flippant, like, admittedly. Mm, mm, got it, got it. Uh, I mean, I understand that perspective. Uh, for me, I kind of quite immediately knew it was a big deal uh, because of... Uh, you know, my, my extensive experience in analyzing what goes on in the media industry. And I know like, oh, oh, yes, yes, bullshit. of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> no, but, but, but immediately, the just reading what the news was and what they're trying to say about it, it just, it, I mean, you know, I'm someone who follows a lot of these uh, stories like uh, Theranos, Elizabeth Holmes, and mm. things with 1MDB and all that. So immediately, the thing is stuck out to me that uh, is there a potential for something uh, legal liabilities or something, even something criminal in this, and mm. the answer is possibly, uh, because the the immediate thing is like when you fudge circulation numbers, you are fudging them for to your advertisers, uh, right? Advertisers mm. may look at the data and, and they pay you based on those circulation numbers, so that might be affected. That's one level. Second level is that um, SPH, you know, at the point of time before March twenty two thousand and twenty two. Uh, 2022, SPH was a publicly listed company. So mm. you have a duty to your shareholders and, and the public to disclose accurate data la, without um, without fudging any of it. La. Obviously, fudging is really the next level. La. 
but the the third level that I think uh, a lot of people are missing of why you should care about this is that a lot of these circulation numbers are used and have been used to justify the government pumping in nine hundred million in the next five years to support SPH Media Trust. You know, mm, literally, mm, Minister mm. Iswaran uh, stated that that circulation numbers for SPH have been going up. I think like five percent since twenty twenty seventeen or something like that in Parliament when trying to justify why they were pumping money into SPH Media Trust. So at those levels, advertiser, investors, and uh, you know, taxpaying public, all three should care and will be affected by this news lah. Uh, the credibility of the organization, why you're giving money to the organization, and 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 all that. So to me, it's like it's a big deal lah. And 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 there's. No reason it shouldn't be front and center on the front page of the Straits Times because it's a. Uh, uh, I I don't want to say it, but is there a possibility that it's tantamount to something like fraud? Uh? There is a possibility, right? And we don't know enough details yet to to say, but there is a probe underway, uh. So it feels like there's a lot more to come around the corner. That 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 right now, you know, they're trying to massage it and use a lot of uh, terms to make it sound like. Oh, you know, it's not a big deal. The circulation numbers don't shouldn't be affecting our advertising rates because that's based on readership data, which is taken by independent third party. So yeah, yeah, there's just a lot of uh, a lot of like big words and fluff going around to sort of mask the 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 big problem that this is la. Yeah, and and yeah, those those are like um when when you read about it, when you think about it, it is it is quite ridiculous la, because. Like um even though even though ST um the the one of the heads um so she said uh, Miss Teo Leilim the CEO of SPH Media Group um because the to, to your first point right you know about how circulation numbers are probably are, are, are something that advertisers will look at lah right I mean that's the mm. whole premise of advertising right you pay money to get in front of people you pay money to get eyeballs if Someone can guarantee you more eyeballs. You probably will pay more, which is same for our podcast, same for our YouTube videos. Last time, um, but the CEO Tio Le Lim came out and said that um, circulation data is not used as a basis of SPH Media's advertising packages. Our mm-hmm. rates and advertising packages are based on reach and readership of individual titles and our SPH Media solutions as a whole. Uh, and basically said there's verified by independent and third-party research agencies, which to me is like, hello, 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 hello. Even if there's third-party uh, uh, um, uh, institutions out there that are helping you verify, the fact that you publicly use these numbers, of course, it gives you more credibility or weight when asking mm. to be charged for, for your charges to be a certain way. So that's absolute bullshit, right? Mm. It's, it's, and, and the way they trumpet it and what you pointed out is actually also very true about how it's used in government because uh, I think... We may have covered it when um, uh, there was an announcement that the government will provide SPH Media Trust with up to nine hundred million in funding over next five next years. Um, to quote uh, Josephine Teo when she was questioned by Pritam Singh from WP um, mm. about how the government would ensure Singaporeans that SPH Media Trust content will not be tainted by allegations of political interference, Miss Teo kind of like um, was a bit condescending. Said his questions were too predictable. Uh, his question seems to suggest that we do not trust the journalists in our mainstream media to be objective in reporting, to apply their minds. Um, and and uh, the true test is whether the public trusts the media and how they exercise their choice on a day-to-day basis in consuming news media when so many alternatives mm. are available at zero cost. So essentially what she's mm. saying 
It's like people are reading. So of course they mm. trust it. But the fucking numbers that show how many people read it is fake. Mm, right. Yeah. So, so 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 the more you go down this rabbit hole, the more you realize, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not just like a small case of numbers being fudged. It has yeah. a lot of implications. Lah. Yeah. And, and I think you raised the point about us being the media industry and all that and, and you know, talking to advertisers and having numbers, lah, right? Yeah. Um, for us, it's, you know, the numbers are, you live and die by those numbers. Lah. In a sense, I don't like it, but that's how people judge you. Uh, since the day one that we started on YouTube, you know, social media, how many subscribers do you have? How many views can you guarantee? And they're all out there. The moment you pull out your product, you can literally count the number of views. Now, you know, a podcast, we have very clear numbers that are uh, given to us by Spotify that we share with our advertisers. Uh, even we talk about, oh, you know, there are people on our subreddit. You can literally go on a subreddit and just see how many how many people follow us on, on Reddit and everything already, right? Yeah. So we can't hide from these numbers. But when you own the platform, when you are SPH and you are a monopoly and you own the platform, um, yeah, you it's kind of, it's kind of shocking that you would fudge numbers to the point where you're not just fudging them. You're going to extents of like literally channeling away money to to buy fictitious copies. And then after that, uh, maybe I don't know if it's linked or what, but after that, destroying the copies. Literally a physical action of like buying copies, printing them and then destroying them for the sake of, of inflating numbers. So it, it, it there's definitely, that doesn't sound like an accident to me lah. It sounds like mm. intent. It sounds intentional, just based on that alone, that right? So, yeah. you really need to question, like, uh, at what point was this? At what level was this? Uh, were these actions known? Was it all the way at the? Was it just at a foot soldier level? You know, was it middle management level, or was it general umbridge level? You know, general mm-hmm. uh, the Chun, Mister Umbridge, yeah. General Umbridge, who was the CEO of of SPH at the point of time, that right? So there's a lot of these questions that I think uh we all should demand answers for because yeah you you fall in one of those three brackets you're either the advertiser you're an investor or you are the a member of the tax paying general public uh, for which you mm. know nine hundred million dollars of your money uh, up to nine hundred million dollars is committed to to SPH media. Uh. So so how do you feel yeah. when you read like you know um the SPH media editor in chief Mr Wong Wei Kong. Um, sent yeah. an internal memo which has been verified by Today and, and three staff that was kind of like um, how you say uh, like admitting uh, that mm. it wa- it is an issue that was discovered it was a painful but necessary decision to make public that its circulation figures were inaccurate its past circulation mm. figures and there will be more things to come they are expected to get a lot of stick and they're not going to shy away from it uh. so mm. so when you read that do you, do you empathize a bit or not because he took mm. over in October 2022. Mm. Yeah, he's been with Straits Times for a while, but uh, he mm. took over in October 2022. Took over, took over as, as editor-in-chief. Uh, yeah, uh, from Mr. Mm. Warren Fernandez. Uh, mm, yeah. Which was also quite a big thing when he left, right? Mm, mm, uh, when he left right. SPH. So when you read that sort of things, like any 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 compassion or not, Terrence? Mm. I, I think maybe a more... Uh, a better way to look at it is to to think about uh what Bertha Hansen wrote that right. Mm-hmm. I think she she used to be with SP, she used to be with Straits Times and all at quite a senior level. I think what she's writing that is that uh is you know a lot of these decisions 
that are probably made at a business managerial level, right? Mm. Um, have tarnished the reputation of the journalists working on the ground. Uh. And we're not just talking about the journalists working at speech now, but journalists all the way in the past. Because uh. you don't know how you don't know how far back this goes, uh, right? So mm. it's 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 a sad day for all the journalists who have worked or are working at SPH to SPH Media to to learn that you know their credibility has immediately come to question uh, because of certain decisions by by management to do certain things uh, right. Um, mm. So I can empathize where where he's speaking as maybe as a journalist as as someone on the ground who's worked his way up and everything to 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 say that your work. Your credibility has come into question because of uh, some some painful decisions that someone has made, la. But the part that I can't empathize with is that uh, it feels like they're they're only they're only sorry because they got called out, la, Right mm. by alternative news media, like they could have they could have had an exclusive inside scoop on the story two weeks ago. They could have been the one to break the news and and do a a, a special and to say, hey, sorry. You know this happened, and we're jumping on it, and uh, and you know, we're we're jumping the gun and actually covering it before anyone else covers it because it's important that for you as the readers to hear it from us first. But the fact that Wake Up Singapore of all publications was the first one to uh to break into it, it. Mm, it really tells you that if they could have gotten away with uh not talking about it, they probably would have like You know, and then they, they yeah. did like, for a couple of weeks. So. Uh, on one hand, I empathize with what he's saying as a journalist. On the other hand, as a senior part of the senior leadership, I think uh, that is a poor decision. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, especially when he says SPH Media took a painful but necessary decision to make public that its circulation figures were inaccurate. I mean, like, uh, yeah, like, like what you said, like, it's, it's a painful but necessary decision in the context of having a bit of uh, thought chatter in the grapevine. Like, yeah, if it didn't happen, would it still have been a painful but necessary decision? And mm, and mm. I think it is that lack of, like, how you say, uh, ownership or responsibility that causes so many fucking problems. Because mm. if you look at the history, right, you know what you said about just now, how the period up till September 2021, or November 2021, SPH Media was part of SPH Holdings, which was a listed company, right? Yeah. So they yeah. have a duty to their shareholders. Right. Yep, um, that's right. And then there was all this talk about okay, why it's uh, di- uh splitting up going to be SPH Media Trust, which is a non-profit. You know, like even mm. when Mr. Umbridge at that point, it was around this whole thing like that. You know, SPH is taking steps to ensure the integrity of his journalists and all that by becoming like yeah, non-profit, keeping all the property stuff and all separate. Um, but then you look at the timeline of stuff also. Uh, if you are going to be if okay, so this is my tinfoil hat on, uh, conspiracy theory mm. to the max. But mm. if there was some rumblings really like, okay, this data is fucking fake, right? Mm. In some in some way, you can imagine one step would be okay, we separate it out, we mm. we turn it into a non-profit, we change the editor in chief, uh, we mm. do all these changes, um, to kind of like reset lah. Because now this new editor will only took over in October 20, uh, 2022. If it was, say, Warren Fernandez who wrote the same note, who was mm. presiding as editor-in-chief during the period of evaluation, which was two years up till, like, I think March 2020 to March 2022, it mm-hmm. would read differently. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, hello, you were the editor-in-chief. You're telling me you didn't know about mm. this shit. So yeah. it just feels like, 
But that also we will never know. We will never know because mm. when you don't join the dots for people, people join the dots themselves and sometimes it's totally nonsense. But it just feels like ugh, very icky. La. Like everything is just, yeah. just oozing of ick. Yeah. So, but <clears throat> to be fair, being the editor-in-chief is a very senior role as a journalist, right? But you yeah. might be insulated or unaware of what's going on on the business end of things, right? True, so true, true. It's, yeah. still, it's still only speculation that all senior management is complicit in, in, in this going on. Um, yeah. The one thing I would add is that, um, yeah, literally the nickname General Umbridge came from the press conference where he was taking Umbridge at uh, the integrity of his journalistic yeah, questions, right? <laughs> So yeah, I mean, so literally, if your name already your 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 rep comes from you talking about integrity and and all, and now this has happened and it happened under your watch, uh, as a CEO, I think a lot of uh, questions need to be asked of of his tenure, lah, right? Like how much of yeah. this did he know, and and the the public needs to needs to know, lah, and then and the people the people who knew this at the highest level need to be held accountable for it, lah. Yeah, and like what you said, the people who are getting screwed over the most are the journalists, and not just the journalists. Everyone else who works at SPH, who have been putting in the time, uh, producing good work, doing their best, but have no clue about this nonsense going on. Like, um, yeah, and 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 it just feels like you can even be involved in like calculating the duplicate subscriptions without knowing that they're actually duplicate. Because for a company that big, it's so mm. segmented that you might not. It only a few people have complete oversight over everything, lah. So yeah. it just feels like, ugh, like, uh, like how 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 to take anything at face value. And another question is also because the numbers were fudged, which were fake, mm. is Pofma mm. gonna kick in? Pofma, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is Pofma to the max, right? Mm, mm. Yeah, right, and, and, and uh, uh, yeah. And I think like what you said, the at the end of the day, the fact that it was being used as leverage in parliament to push through certain policies or justify certain decisions, wow, that's that's that that's like the 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 next level lah, because it's being even used to mm. shut down opposition uh, politicians. Yeah, or just yeah, questions in parliament about uh the viability of the of the business and all that right? Yeah, um, I mean, and and for those who think like um, but you know if. Like I mean, similar to what you're saying, like, like this is what companies do, right? Don't, there's no exact accurate representation of numbers. Maybe it's an honest mistake. Someone was too zealous about about you know making the numbers look good, and it's, I mean, how is it a criminal thing? Well, I mean, not not a apples to apples case, But look at the case of uh, Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos, uh, and mm. it's quite telling that she finally, after all these years, she was finally sentenced to eleven years in prison for defrauding investors. Uh. Basically, her in her case of Theranos, her defense entirely was that I was just trying my best to keep the company afloat. And I did not know the you know a lot of the things that were going on with the how numbers were being fudged or, or exaggerations of how much of contracts that they had completed and all that. Uh, I mean, ultimately, I think what the case, the president that the case says is that as the CEO, you can't just pretend that you don't know what is going on in your company. You can't just sit there and say, I was just trying my best and I didn't know that all this was going on, you know? Uh, so if there's serious cases of misrepresentation or fraud, um, you know, whether to investors or advertisers and and, and and now even the general public, I feel like it's 
there there are precedents that this is a much more serious case that could even you know be something criminal lah. Yeah, and that's why when they say the SPH staff and all have been taken to task, mm. what, what, where the fuck is this task? Where are they taken to? What is task? What's taken yeah. to task? Yeah. Well, like that yeah. phrase also taken to task. What the hell does that mean? Probably fired right. lah. Definitely left the company lah. Right. Uh, taken some, to some task. Some have left the company. Suspended. Yeah, some have know, left. Maybe. So you got to pull them back in. <laughs> you know, like yeah. whatever investigation and all. Um, it 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 needs to happen lah. And of course. As expected, the opposition political parties are jumping on this like crazy, and they should lah. You know, um, the Progress Singapore Party (PSP) has a call for an independent inquiry into the case and full disclosure of measures to be in place to assure good governance and control. Um, mm-hmm. And our NCMPs will pursue this in Parliament, so you can expect this to be a hot topic going forward, lah. Yeah, I, w- I mean, at this point, I would like to see uh, SPH Media. Uh, you know, I would love to see our government take a more proactive stance in uh, really pushing for transparency for this. Uh, you know, yeah. it doesn't. Yeah, I don't exactly. think it needs to be opposition party. I think it needs to be. Uh, we need to see that. Okay, uh, I mean, it could be. Yeah, like like what we said. Like it is. Even the government, maybe it was they were victims of of misrepresentation when when Minister Iswaran himself was quoting uh, data that he got from SPH Media, mm. like, right? He mm-hmm. was he was being lied to, you know. There is that possibility, so they should feel even more offended than we we are, and and, and they should they take should, more umbrage, lah. Basically, yeah, yeah. They should be the ones really taking umbrage <laughs> in this situation, and not waiting <laughs> and not trying to defend, uh, you know, their their decisions or their actions, uh, and waiting for opposition to ask questions and then questioning why is the opposition, you know, pursuing this and all that, lah. I would yeah. love to see the. I would love to see a more proactive stance by government because I feel bad if I was. I feel bad for whichever minister, or whichever department in the government that was, that was given false information by SPH and then made to look like a fool, right? Because yeah. ultimately, you trust that you know they've done their processes, their audits. They're such a big company; they couldn't possibly do this. But literally, channeling a fund to to perpetuate fake numbers. That to me is like next level of like covering up lah. It's 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 more than just an honest mistake already lah. Yeah, and and I think you that that is a good point you brought up that for the ministers, yeah, we're not saying you are wholeheartedly guilty. Um, you have to process so much information on a day to day basis, and you can't be expected to verify everything. Lah. So there's still a chance for for the 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 authorities and the politicians who have quoted the numbers to to take a stance lah. because sometimes you're not yeah. you're not culpable. And even between Terence and I, right, whenever we do like a branded gig and all, normally I handle the reports, mm. right? If I just pull some numbers out of my ass and then five years down the road, someone comes to Terence like, hey, Terence, fuck you, okay? These podcast things were were, were wrong. Uh, like, like Terence trusts me enough to not compare. Like, I don't know whether he takes the reports and goes, mm. goes do, do his own double checking. But in this case... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in this case I have to, I have to uh, write my own memo that I'm very yeah. it's a very painful decision <laughs> Harish like fucked up the numbers on this report fudge like. numbers yeah. <laughs> for the podcast um, and, and like 10 to 12% discrepancy mm. but yeah so so for the people who who have been implicated you, you do have a chance man to take a stance because this is this is messed up uh, on so many levels yeah yeah so yeah, and, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. It feels like there will be still more things coming. Like for the editor in chief to say, uh, there there might be more things to come. You know, things are gonna come. Things are gonna come. Yeah. So yeah. so 
you know, I, I I feel sad because I think like more recently I'm a bit more uh I've got I've come of the I've come to age where I feel like okay maybe uh print media shouldn't be something that we just relegate to the past or so. I think print media mm. can exist in some form alongside uh you know the digital sources for media. There's still something not just romantic but I think important about uh feeling the physical presence of 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 print media right. So yeah. you know, like, 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 uh, I'm very happy to give a shout out to Job Media. I finally got off my ass and got a subscription, and 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 one, I want to support them in the efforts to eventually create a, a, a proper a proper physical magazine and all that. Mm. And I'm actually rooting for for the Straits Times to you know get their act together as the newspaper company, right? Because you know that's that's a it's a it's a it's a part of our past as well, like, right? I don't know about you, yeah. like, but for me, reading new paper when I was a kid was such a such a treat, right? You know, yeah. I would happily welcome my dad home every day, and he'd bring a copy of the new paper home. And of course, I'll flip the sports page first, but but I also spend time flipping through the rest of the pages and just this. Is, I think you know it, it gave me a lot of joy just being able to read the news in a physical form and and you know not have to watch TV and all these things. So it's a very big part of my past, also that I, I just hope one day that. That the future generations will also be come to appreciate, maybe in a different way, lah, right? But mm. when they do something like that, it just like it's like it's like you go and you set up your own nail in your own coffin, lah, right? Basically, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if if print media disappears, then there's no way of ever making my family even the least bit proud of what we do, because <laughs> because sentimentally, uh, we also have been featured on the front page of our Straits Times, uh, and all that. And it's fucking great when convincing parents or, or anyone in your family who thinks, what the hell are you doing with your life? Speaking on yeah. this microphone in your room. Like, no, no, look, yeah. we appear in the papers. It helps a lot. Yeah. Helps, in our office helps. also, we have these cutouts that have been framed up. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Because and just the concept it, that 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 uh, hundreds of thousands of copies of this picture <laughs> are around people's homes. That my, oh, my, have to my minus, picture, have to minus a picture of your have to face. Minus, oh, minus, yeah. <laughs> So now you got to take ten percent away. That you take ten percent away from that. I, f- I should feel ten percent less happy about it, la. And I'm yeah, like, how do exactly. I feel about that? It's tough, lah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, just to feel that. Oh, now, oh, that picture of you. It was probably like it was bought. It was put in a room. There after it was shredded. Just yeah, it was shredded. Pieces, you know? <laughs> it, was <laughs> it makes you feel sad, la, to, to think about that. Yeah. And then, like, I mean, just on a like, it makes me relook an experience I had a few weeks ago with a with a different. <laughs> different eye in the sense that I actually subscribed to Straits Times because there was one article mm. that I really wanted to read and the first one yeah. is like a promo of 99 cents or something. So I signed mm. up and then I, by the end of the thing, I wanted to unsubscribe like, because the cost yeah. after that is nine ninety a month. No, mm. That's even more yeah. expensive than like some world-renowned publications. So You're talking I about digital to, or just digital? digital. Or the, oh, wow, the, that's pretty is, expensive. No, it's the Straits Times, the premium subscription. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, don't, I don't have the physical paper come. So... And I was like, okay, let me try and unsubscribe. So first I go to their, I don't know, their, their app to log in. I couldn't find an unsubscribe. Then I go to the website, I log in, I couldn't find an unsubscribe. Then I dig, 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 dig. And how you have to unsubscribe, right, is you send an email to unsubscribe. And then someone will call you back. So someone mm. called me back and they said, okay, so uh, hi, sir, uh, how can I help you? I was like, yeah, I just want to unsubscribe. They're like, oh, uh, any reason why? Then I was like, uh, mm. I don't think the quality of articles is worth the money lah. Then like, oh mm. okay okay um I understand um but perhaps you would like to try this I was like no 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 I just want to unsubscribe then say okay mm. uh we will relook your case and review it and within thirty days if approved we will unsubscribe I'm like why is there an approval process 
I want to mm, unsubscribe. Mm. So the whole mm. process felt like they really like like do they have to cling on until like that in this day and age where you normally unsubscribe with a click of a button to go through the mm. process blew my mind. Yeah, blew my mind. I mean, the, so, the, the to their credit, they're probably just going through some protocol to try and to try and keep you like Maybe they the, the first level is to talk to you, and then the next level is to probably offer you some discounts or something like that. But then, but, like, uh, think about the yeah, like, it the just sounds it sounds like you're being you're being handcuffed in a relationship yeah. right there. I want to break <laughs> up with you. No, yeah, you, cannot. To, <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> you cannot break up try, with me. Yeah, try for three more months where I will go out with you four more uh twice a week. No, and like the manpower cost for someone to man the call also. It just feels mm. like hmm. But I'm with you on that lah. I I do yeah. hope it would be cool to have like a a mainstream publication that that we can say okay like you read something you're like okay you know this is legit. It can happen. Yeah. It'll probably take time, but, but yeah, man, come on, like SPH, yeah, SPH. Yeah. Okay, disappointing, just, disappointing, disappointing. But but let's just see what happens, like in the coming weeks. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Hi. But since we're talking about since we're talking about uh you know disappointments, uh, our next story is about someone who's very disappointed with his customer experience at a F&B outlet, like, Right. Mm. Um, and uh, and I, I think it's taken a, a bit of a life of its own as well. I mean, in the ensuing, it's not just a customer, uh, customer uh, and an FMB outlet kind of dispute anymore. It's is blown up into something bigger, la. So, what mm. is this dispute we're talking about? Um, at the very high level, there's this outlet called Chubi Pizza, which is a pizzeria mm. near Farrer Park MRT station, and. On January 9th, they shared like a, a screenshots of a complaint left by a customer uh, um, mm. and the customer's negative review on Facebook. So what happened was um, on Gen 6, uh, one of their staff was verbally abused by that customer because the customer mm. had booked a, a made a reservation at 8 p.m. and only arrived at 8.30, uh, which is... Did, did, he like arrive? Around... did he arrive at all? Oh, no. I thought they oh, he called could only him. go they to the restaurant, him. yeah. Ah, okay, okay. So they he called him. Go... Yeah. Ah, so they called him or he called? They called him. I think they called him yes. because they, it was the customer. last yeah, order. Yeah. So they wanted to check if he was still coming in and wanted to, if he wanted to take their, his last order before he comes in. Yeah. Yeah, correct. And and he said that uh, that he was not happy. Like, and, and he was surprised that they couldn't keep him for 30 minutes. And he went on to say, I've been in Singapore for six years. It's the first time I've had such an awful experience. If you guys don't want to work beyond 8.30 p.m., I suggest you do something else other than the restaurant business and go work in an office. So there was a back and forth. And because they were, um, I, I think in the ensuing discussions, the Chubi Pizza, one of their staff did uh, highlight that um, if your foreign norms and expectations do not align with those here, it is only respectful to adapt and realign them here lah. And then it became something that triggered the customer uh, about that whole xenophobia, foreign, local thing. And then they left a bad review. And then now the internet is 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 chattering. Chattering. But just now when you said, like when you say it is taken on a life of its own, what do you mean by that? Huh? I think uh, it has taken a life on, of its own because uh, it has entered the realm of race and xenophobia, which mm. once you go there, uh, there's no going back, lah. You know, there's going to be a lot of uh, comments. There's going to be a lot of back and forth, uh, and a lot of people will, you know, it's entered a gray area, lah, right? Because, mm. uh, yeah, now that the customer has has said that they're racist, 
I think uh, it's taken a much more sinister turn than just a, a case of, uh, you know, a bad customer review. Lah. Yeah. Mm. But for yeah. you, like, uh, just reading the exchange, because I think we'll, we'll put a link, obviously, to the, what the exchange was and you can take a read for yourself. Lah. But off the top of your head, when you're reading this, lah, how did you feel about the whole the whole thing? Like, was it, again, like the SPH thing, was it a non-issue to you or, or what? Uh, no, as, as in, uh, the, the more I read it, the more I saw the exchange, I do think that it's um, it's just a sad situation. La, because the first message from Chubby Pizza, it, it's um, like, uh, I mean, the first message was from the customer uh, who messaged the next day. Yeah, he mm. booked and in the first message, he already said, if you go, guys don't want to work beyond 8.30 p.m., I suggest that you do something else than the restaurant. It's an absolute disgrace. And I think uh, the main gripe was that there's a $30 um, deposit that you have to make when you make a reservation um, mm. and if you don't show it'll be gone la. so mm. the last statement was uh, so I hope I will, you will not charge me for no show while you were the ones rejecting us big disappointment the first mm. message from Chubby Pizza was I mean it was okay they said they are sorry not able to serve um, they, they pointed out that more than 30 minutes and what they said was like yeah they called to see if they could help take the order so that mm, mm, mm. before the kitchen closes, they can still squeeze it in before the person arrives. Like, which, mm. if is the truth, I thought it was a nice gesture. But then mm. they shot themselves in the foot by mm. saying the next the next message, if your foreign norms and expectations do not align with those here, it's only respectful that to adapt and realign them here. So mm. that's where I feel like, ah, fuck. The moment you bring that up, you cannot win really. Mm. Mm. You, you yeah, cannot I mean, win. It's it kind of like, Actually, I thought, yeah, the, the initial response uh, was really good. Lah, in the sense that, uh, you know, the guy talks about, the guy tried to bring out the fact that he was putting down his kid and that, uh, you know, that's why he can't make the restaurant. He can't make the timing, right? So, uh, you, know, uh, you know, as a young parent myself, I, I can empathize with that. But then I would, the next question I ask is, then why are you making a reservation? When your when your kids sleep timing is so close to that, right? Mm. Uh, as a parent, you're kind of you're kind of being unrealistic, you know, in, in doing that. And probably also you end up like rushing through the process with your kids as well, which is not great, right? Um yeah. so so that that's on the, the customer. La. Maybe maybe something else came up. I don't know. Okay, let's let's maybe maybe it's too early to say that 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 you know it, it's not fair to say that all oh, day. They plan badly or what? Like maybe something something else came up. Maybe the kid was sick. Okay, possibly. Um, so, it, they, they, so I think their immediate response where they they placed they pointed out that um, you know the operating hours and booking fees are stated clearly. Our staff too have their families and babies waiting for them at home. It is our responsibility to ensure that they finish their day timely to return home. I think that was a very good response, right? To point out that yeah, yeah. Um, as much as you you think that. The, the restaurant is is you know entirely at your at your service the point is there are very clearly stated opening and closing times and they can't uh you know open the restaurant any later just because you made a reservation that you were more than half an hour late for like, right mm. uh, so I think that response was great uh, and that's how they should do it but yeah like you I'm also like they shot themselves in the foot like, by just coming in and bringing in the foreign norms thing because at no point, if you really analyze the guy's message, at no point was he pointing out that uh, Singaporeans are lazy or anything like that. Because 
For, you know, there's the, the screenshots that Chubby Pizza, Pizza posted, but in the actual caption to the Instagram post, right, they say that, they say that, um, they, they say this of the customer. La. The customer further lectured us about how we should do something else other than restaurants and go work in the office for not waiting him for him to show up. In his words, he hated this about Singaporeans. So I can see what you read there is basically Chubby Pizza projecting some of their own uh, feelings about about uh, foreigners in Singapore onto this onto this uh, bad customer review, la, right? Yeah. Because at, at no point was the guy saying that you Singaporeans are working are working uh working too little and shouldn't be working in the restaurant. He was just basically saying that he's lived in Singapore and this is the first time, you know, he's lived in Singapore six years and this is the first time he's experienced this at any restaurant. Uh, and 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 uh if if you guys don't want to work beyond eight thirty, I suggest you do something else other than restaurant go work in office. So that doesn't say to me that doesn't say anything about you Singaporeans can can't deal with this, like, you know? But mm. Chubi Pizza has made it about saying that he uh, accusing him of saying that it's used he's pointing out all Singaporeans. So there's a very tribal thing going on here. It almost feels like Chubi Pizza is trying to, you know, stir up emotions and rally Singaporeans against against this person. Which I don't think what the that's that's not the intention of what the person was doing. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that's why the first the first message from the person is like, hey, why you must say like that? The first message mm-hmm. from Chubi Pizza is like, hey, actually, you know, good response. The second message right, that comes right after without any response from the, the customer is that foreign thing. Like, and I don't know, like, it's, it's just weird because ultimately it was one message, right? Yeah. Uh, what yeah. boggles my mind is why do they feel the need to post this? Mm. Like, why Chubi Pizza? Why you want to post this? Like, as a business, you always have things to deal with customers and all. Um, mm. You post this, not even being aware enough to to understand that you were the first one who brought the race card into the picture. Not race; they brought the whole foreigner card. Oh yeah, correct. Yeah, foreign yeah. For the the Not foreign race. local card into the picture. Yeah. And yeah. and like what you say, like it feels like are they trying to stoke or or are they trying to kind of show that they stand up for Singaporeans, which you see in the comments. Quite, mm. I would say more comments are congratulating them. Or and mm. siding with them as opposed to the customer. Like I don't think the customer also did something right. Um, mm. that, that sounds like a very unreasonable person. But mm. now mm. there are uh, there's a thread on Hardware Zone saying FT comes late for sing- Singaporean restaurants and cannot scolded and blah blah. Mm. So it just starts this whole fucking thing again when it didn't need to. Yeah, yeah. But why, I mean, Chubi why you why are you why are you being such a woke snowflake? Eh? Why, why why can't you just you're, you're, you're just being a woke snowflake right aren't you why can't you just accept but that but that's what uh, you project on me all the time <laughs> right? you just see this walking snowflake that in the hot sun just melts as he sweats <laughs> like, right yeah 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 no, no, no. but uh, no I mean I try to understand it from the perspective of people who are liking the post and then going all out and saying good job to be pizza I will come and support you and all that kind of thing and um, if you were if you were Singaporean overseas and and someone said, let's say you like you're one of the hundreds and thousands of Singaporeans traveling to Japan, you know, mm. or something. And mm. then a Japanese person said to you, Oh yeah, maybe where from where you come from, you know, uh I know you all don't have to wear masks, but in Singapore we have to wear masks. Uh, in Japan we have to wear masks. You know, like uh, a statement like that will probably rile you up somewhat, like, right? 
Yeah, I would. Uh, would. Yeah, I would. So to 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 so clearly try try to say that it's it's because of where you are from. That's why you behave like that. That that is uh yeah, it's not the right approach to take la, for this kind of situations. I think if you have one, you know, unreasonable customer, it's it's just one of what it's just one lah. You know, you don't have to make it about the about all foreigners and, and 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 you know how they're not he's not adapting to the to the norms in Singapore. Well, what and what are the norms in Singapore? What's the norms in Singapore? Are they talking about the the fact that restaurants open, uh, open uh, close early or what? Because to my understanding, in in you know, in a lot of other countries, like restaurants close a lot earlier than in Singapore already, lah. Right? They don't open uh, much later or anything. I mean, depends, lah. Some close later, lah. Some close later, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. a lot of times, I'm always surprised. For some example, Australia, everything shuts yeah, by yeah. Like five or seven p.m. or something. Uh, even yeah. Japan, like the stores don't open close later. Most stores don't open later than eight p.m. Uh, restaurants, yeah. yes, but but the stores don't. You know, so. A lot of times when as a Singaporean and I've been overseas, I felt like, oh shit, you know, I'm projecting my Singaporean norms onto other cultures where I feel like everyone should be open until 9.30 p.m. You know, everyone should be open until 9 p.m. That's the minimum. Like last order can't be any earlier than 9 p.m., you know? Uh, mm. Then I realized actually, you know, actually in, the, in that case, the, the foreign, to me, like the, the, for my, my experience the most part, foreign norms is that uh, people don't, don't, they don't stay open that late. For everyone, no, but if you, know. you go to if you go to Europe, dinner is like at nine p.m. Correct, in like correct, Spain correct. or yeah, Spain yeah, yeah. or something. So, so yeah. it's so it's I, like I am generalizing somewhat. I haven't, yeah, I am generalizing somewhat in the sense I haven't been, you know, to to that many European countries recently. Plus, uh, you know, we're talking about restaurants versus retail outlets, mm. right? You know, because mm. retail, in, I know you re- retail in Europe also doesn't open late, lah. But I always have this expectation that stores open at least until 9 p.m., like, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just that there's no standard for what the, the norms are in Singapore. So for, for whatever industry, whatever whatever, whatever you do, right? Because so, 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 there's so different restaurants. Using, so some restaurants open late, some restaurants close early, right? Yeah. So then using your thought experiment, like let's say someone you meet in Singapore says, hey, Terrence, mm. I've been in Singapore for six years and... Mm. No one has ever... I've been on podcasts in Singapore for six years and no one has ever mm. asked me the questions you ask. Like, I, I, it's... Mm. I, I think you should go do something else and be a podcaster. Like. How would you feel? <laughs> uh, I would say, yeah, like, please please align to the, the local norms of our <laughs> podcasting. <No, laughs> so, I mean, like... Yeah, that, no, the, the question... That, that statement just to me, when you're saying it, I have no idea what it means. Uh. doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. There's so many nuances to to being you know a podcaster there's so many nuances to being a singaporean that that statement itself tells me more about you than it does about me la. and, and yeah, that's why that's why i i think that statement that chubi pizza made also just basically tells me more about the the person who wrote that rather than about the customer la. yeah i mean because the customer also says like uh i've been in six years in singapore it is the first time i've had such an awful experience so this is already an awful experience which yeah. I don't know. It feels like, um, like, like, what do you expect the restaurant to do? Most restaurants, yeah. if you go to a restaurant, they say kitchen is closed. You don't yeah. go and tell them, hey, I think you should close your restaurant. You go find office job. Uh. No lah. <laughs> yeah, la, yeah, you, la. you just fucking the kitchen closed already, right? So yeah. in this case, I don't know, man. It feels like, like, um, and this again, similar to the first story, because mm. of whoever was handling the Chubby Pizza Instagram account, it it paints an overall picture of the establishment, la, which is sad because. Yeah. Yeah. It's a restaurant. There are uh, the pizzas look uh, fucking great. 
Um, and and it just feels like, ugh, like this chubby pizza. I don't mm. know, it's chubby. The guy, the person manning the chubby pizza IG account and this customer feels like they are almost two sides of the same coins here. Yeah, yeah. So I think we are all we all agree it was a, he's a very unreasonable customer, right? Yeah. But the response by Chubby Pizza was not like, uh, yeah. was not great either, like, right? Paints yeah, everyone in Singapore. Everyone in Singapore is tainted by this experience. Everyone, if if this are the kind of exchanges that go on between customers and FB outlets in Singapore, it makes all Singaporeans, uh, everyone who lives in Singapore, look bad. Also, so Chubby, that's my. Chubby. Yeah, if 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 we're gonna generalize, let's generalize that. This makes us all look bad, lah, right? Yeah, correct, correct, correct. It's just a unfortunate situation from every angle. Yeah, from and every it's just angle. something that should have just been a private thing. Like, just deal with that in public. I mean, private. Yeah, why? But it. okay, but again, again, I didn't know of Chubby Pizza until this. So in some way, yeah. them posting this publicly made me look at their Instagram and look at their pizzas and go like, oh shit, I didn't know this existed. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so uh, no such thing as bad publicity, lah. Yeah, yeah. No such thing as bad publicity. Imagine, oh, but imagine well. if we imagine we went on Instagram and we posted every nasty comment <laughs> we've ever gotten on YouTube <laughs> or oh, you know, whatever, like Reddit or Fucking whatever. can compile a books, yeah. Yeah, it'd be a whole book by itself. But I guess, you know, like what you said, like Chubby Pizza, they have their reasons for wanting to post this and we don't know them. But yes, they are much more. Well, I mean, we're talking about that on this podcast and feeding the fire, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah feeding exactly, the, exactly. Yeah. Fueling the fire, yeah. But yes. Mm. Uh, yes. To, if you want to talk about a bit happier things, what was your one shook comment of these past few days? Um, Like, uh, our one shook comment, I mean, my one shook comment was uh, something that, that was posted on the last Reddit thread um, for 356. Um, mm. And it was about like, uh, by, by Book and Cook lah which mm. talked about how um, it was related to the topic of like um, kid-friendly places or like uh, how why the kids in Singapore are not getting enough activity. So mm. uh, they, 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 they shared their experience that, uh, yeah, they're really grateful for the kid-friendly places in Singapore. Um, mm. And when they were in Jakarta, there was not many outdoor venues. Uh, so they just end up going to the malls and there's pollution. Uh, but they also shared this link to this video uh, that is titled Why Safe Playgrounds Aren't Great for Kids. So it's a five-minute video mm, and, mm. and it talks talks about like um, uh, why. La. And and I mean, it goes into the trends of like how risky playgrounds are actually making a comeback uh, and, mm. and why. La. So it was just just an, an interesting interesting watch la. Uh, and, and the dif- mm. differentiate between risk and a hazard. Like a risk is just more like challenging, and a hazard is an actual danger. So, so just like like it was interesting because I think when we were talking about it, also even between us, we were like, oh, but if there's less injuries, isn't that a a good thing, la? So, so I just thought that mm. video was interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, my my one short comment also was, uh, it's actually more regarding the episode three five five. Where mm. uh, we talked about we talked about uh you know the Potong Pasir flat where the family who bought it discovered that uh, there was the remains of someone who died there for nine years like, right yeah um so majestic economist six uh you know shared a story about how when he was a boy and he saw his uh, great grandmother uh 
passed away in in the, at home lah. And uh, but and as a child, he was wondering why he needed to be there. But now working as a pastor, he has taken care of a lot of funerals where the person passes literally passes away in the home. And uh, people dying at home is much more common than most people realize, as most elderly prefer to die at home and then in the hospital. So that was uh, something we were discussing, uh, right, about uh, how, you know, dying at home is a much more common occurrence. And, uh, you know, anecdotally, hearing from Majestic Economy 6 is, yeah, it's true uh, that, that there are a lot more elderly who prefer to die at home than die in the hospital. So, uh, yeah, don't be too surprised if that happens. Uh. Yeah. So, I mean, so, yeah, you can't expect everyone, every property agent to know exactly who died there and who didn't die there, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah so, so while that that is a, a sobering thought and all, I just want to say that that was my one show comment from last episode. Oh, it was. Oh, could it be? That was, was two days <laughs> yes. ago. Oh, am I? Am I? Did I not? Uh, did I? Did I just? Did yeah. not occur to me. Yeah, or maybe I wasn't <laughs> listening to you closely. <laughs> yeah, so it comes clean. It comes clean. Whenever I'm yeah, sharing yeah. my one show comment or one show thing, Terence yeah. doesn't give a shit. He doesn't yeah, give a yeah. shit. He doesn't listen. It just, no, I, just I do. doesn't maybe, register. Maybe in my head, I, I listened to you and I was like, oh yeah, that's such a great comment. Then when I actually read it myself, then I'm like, oh yeah, I totally need to talk about this. But that's a, that's a, oh, that's okay. a, that's a first, our first overlap, our first overlap in the, in the one short comments, right? Yeah, but, but it's okay, Terrence. Along the theme of this episode, I'm I'm getting mm. more comfortable with media uh, outlets or institutions faking double interest counting. and faking numbers. Yeah, we double, yeah, double counted our, <laughs> <we> double counted <laughs> our one-shot comment. <laughs> we double counted our one-shot comment. Arbitrarily, we arbitrarily derived our one-shot comments. And that's what yeah, happens yeah. But don't worry, Terrence yeah. will be taken to task after this. Mm. You'll be taken yes, to task after this. Task. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. But so, what is your one-shot thing? Hopefully, it doesn't overlap this time. Yeah. Uh, my my one shook thing was um something that I saw someone post on LinkedIn, mm. like uh, and it made me dig a bit deeper. And have you heard of this thing called the Universe Twenty Five Experiment or not? No, I haven't. And holy shit! I'm probably gonna go further down the rabbit hole. But basically, in 1968, an expert on animal mm. behavior and population control, uh, mm. John. Calhoun, uh, I'm not so sure how to pronounce his last name, but basically he built this utopia for mice. Um, mm, mm. And and it, it, it had walls to climb, it had areas for them to reproduce and, and, and basically if you imagine the natural behavior of mice, he created something mm. to replicate it and make it as comfortable as possible. Water available all the time, food available all the time and it started with mm. I think eight, eight pairs of mice um, okay. that was specifically... Uh, chosen for for the qualities for this experiment. La. And by the mm-hmm. end of the first year, I think they reproduced there about 600 plus mice. Um, mm. And the thing could contain 3,000 mice in total. La. So mm. it was, I think the population was doubling every 55 days. But after the one year mark, right, mm. for some reason, the population only started doubling like once every like 100 plus days. Um, mm. And the male animals suddenly started getting a little less active. Uh, mm-hmm. The females started attacking their young. Um, mm. and, and soon they started attacking each other when there was abundant food. No? Um, mm. And then from the fights, you get these mice that like had scars and like some young were being eaten and there was a lot of unrest. Um, mm-hmm. and, and mice were self-harming themselves. And then like uh, halfway through the next year, there was this a group of mice that started just living in isolation 
and they mm-hmm. were termed the beautiful mice because they were ice ice in isolation they just groomed themselves they ate and they slept so they were not uh, so scarred la. and I by see. the end of two years the all the mice died wow so it caused a lot of uh got a lot of attention because apparently he had done experiments um with other animals before and mm. after also where he tried to tweak up certain uh, situations to to prevent the mice from dying la. and it was mm. almost always the same fit Wow. So basically that became a discussion point about uh how is this an analogy for the human race or what is yeah. inevitably going to happen to the human race and it's interesting mm. has is is fucking insane it's so damn interesting and yeah it, it just like like it, it's just a bit weird to see these animals display certain traits that you do see in 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 uh human society now like you know increasing mm. rates of mental health issues mental health problems like more yeah. violent uh behavior so it just blew my mind man and i tried to find things mm. that debunked it but it, it was a controversial experiment yes but generally i think yeah. it wasn't like you know that stanford prison experiment where people were saying that's a horrible mm. thing to do this yep, one was yep. more like there was a lot of discussion around it so holy oh, shit it's it's interesting it's crazy it's crazy crazy interesting yeah, that's another my corner one of the internet another corner of the yeah, internet that Harish internet. has found to sink into correct yeah. Um, my one shock thing is uh, uh, you know, a bit more mainstream. Little Miss Sunshine, positive. is it? Uh, not not so mainstream lah. But uh, Little Miss Sunshine, is it? Little Miss Sunshine. No, 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 not Little Miss Sunshine. No overlap this time. No double counting. Um, uh-huh. my one shock thing was uh, twelve days ago, a video was released of uh Sasha Baron Cohen using the character Borat Sakdiev to pay tribute to. Kennedy Center Honorary U2 because uh, U2, the band U2, was being honored uh, for their contributions to the performing arts in American culture la, by the Kennedy Center. And they got Sasha Baron Cohen to to uh, pay tribute to U2 on stage. La. So oh it's just God. a four-minute clip. And uh, I'm surprised that it didn't go crazy, more crazy viral than it already is because uh, it was pretty funny and then uh, seeing two legends la, all, all in the same stage uh, not on the same stage I mean there was Borat on stage and there was U2 in the audience but even the president of the US Joe Biden was in the audience as well so it was a pretty big thing and it was it's pretty funny so yeah do check it out oh sweet man yeah Sasha Baron Cohen yeah. is awesome yeah always fun awesome. to watch but yes cool uh, yeah. from your uh, fresh off the press from your trusted uh, you know news news discussion neighborhood source. podcast yeah yeah, love, but uh, yeah, friendly. Yeah, keep trusting well, us. I mean, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be things to unfold over the next few days. Yes. So we shall see what happens. And we'll probably cool. be talking about it here, la. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. All right, thanks everybody. All right, peace. <laughs>